there and welcome to The C Word with me, Beck Hughes. I'm a brand consultant, graphic designer, business coach for creatives and creative coach for businesses. Here, we'll talk about creative with a capital C. Excuse ums, ahs, pauses and playfulness. This podcast is recorded with passion and purpose and we're not here to worry about the polish. This is where you'll find brand, design, business and blue sky chats. Along with my guests, I'll share tips, advice and inspiration for your creative business with plenty of laughs along the way. We'll join the dots between creative and business because when the two meet, that's where the growth, the good times and the magic happen. Let's go. Welcome to episode three of the C Word podcast with me, Beck Hughes. I feel like I want to do a little curtsy when I say that. Now today I'm sharing a juicy episode. This is the kind of podcast that needs pen and paper or easy access to the pause button because this is about serving up tips and tricks that you can put into action in your creative business. Now, I've been there myself, working what feels like a lot of hours, juggling client requests and moving targets, only to find that the effort that you put in does not seem to match the money that you end up with. So I'll be doing a little bit of housekeeping today to make an important distinction between profit and turnover. Because I don't know about you, but I suspect as creatives, we don't separate the two because we tend to see all time as money. And I'll then step through seven strategies that I've used over my seven years in business that have had a massive impact on me making money rather than me just feeling like I should be. This is about shifting from sweatshop to sweet spot. Let's get going. I'm so happy that you've joined me here to talk about my seven profit plumping strategies for your creative business. Now, I'm going to talk through some content today and also... At the end, I share with you a workbook that you can use to then put some of this insight into practice. This is all about you and your creative business. And all of the strategies here, no matter where you are in your creative business journey, whether you're just starting out, whether you're just thinking about moving away from freelance, or you're further down the track with a more established creative business, all of the content here, I think, is relevant to you. I think there will be strategies in here that you can use that maybe you haven't thought of or that you can perhaps revisit in a more robust way in your business. And what we're striving for here is that creative businesses grow and thrive and they create something that is the catalyst for them to get more creative integrity in their business not lose their creative mojo to their business, to be more prosperous, whether that be financially or whether that be in terms of their personal fulfillment, and also to have more freedom, to not be working all of the hours. We're the ones burning the midnight oil. Perhaps you're here as a solo creative because you're feeling the pinch of client demands. 
you're feeling a bit burned out, the creative kind of tap has stopped flowing, that you're wearing too many hats, that you didn't realize that when you got into this business thing, that you weren't just going to be doing nice creative work for clients. There was going to be the admin and the client service and being the accountant and being all of the other things. And that gets tiring. And that you want to build a profitable business on your terms. As a growing agency, perhaps you're starting to think about your ambitions to be more known, to be better recognized as a business and for your work. You're ready to kick bigger goals and have a greater impact in your industry and with your clients. And you want to see the fruits of your labor. Again, you're putting in heaps of hours, you're working really hard, but maybe you're not seeing the extent of the growth that should come from that. And you, But you're not sure what you're missing. What are you not doing in your creative business to get you the results? Or as a freelancer, like I said, you're tired of timesheets and you're really sick of getting served the dud briefs because that's kind of what happens to us as freelancers. We're there to fill a gap and you're ready to manage your own clients in the way that you want to manage them. You want to have control of your own time and your own creativity. So not someone else be telling you what you should be doing and when and which of your concepts will go forward, that you're in control of that. And that you want to stop trading hours for money. This is how many hours I worked and this is what I'm going to get paid. And all of the hours you're not working are not generating any income for you. I've been in all of these scenarios and I know that there's some really good content here for you today. But the first thing I want to do, and I really don't want to teach you to suck eggs, but I do want to just highlight the difference between turnover and profit. It's a really important distinction. It's one that I've learned in my business. and I think it's a really important one to grasp. Now, turnover is all of the money that comes in. Send out invoice, all that money comes in and it goes into your bank account. But that money, all of that money is not yours. You have to pay for things. You have to pay for your subscriptions and your Adobe. And maybe you have an email system that you use. You have to pay out for marketing. I'm sure that you host a website somewhere or host your portfolio somewhere. Maybe you pay for ads even. You've got stationary and equipment. You know, every few years, you're probably investing in new hard drives or a new Mac even or new sound equipment. So there are costs in your business. You have to pay for your accountant every year. So it's only the bit that's left over that's the profit. So sometimes we can go, oh, look at all this money that's coming in. But if there's not much left over, then what's the point? And then even that profit, you've still got to pay for you, pay yourself. You've still got to pay tax. You've still potentially got to pay GST. And you should be paying yourself some super or into your pension. So again, it all it starts up here, this big, oh, look at that nice wad of money. And it gets picked on and pulled away and bits go here and bits go there. And it's what you're left with that's your profit. And if you're not left with anything, then that's not the ideal scenario. What I want for you is that you get left with a healthy profit so you can pay yourself well, you can invest in your future. And then there's also some left over. Now, what I also want to talk about is that profit and the fact that not all profit is necessarily good profit. Profit comes in two different ways in in simple terms. Profit can be really hard won. So you can get good return in your business, but it can feel exhausting to get it. Or 
it can flow, it can feel sustainable, and it can be consistent. And what I want for you, of course, is the latter. And ultimately, what makes the difference between the hard one and the flowing profit is an equation between time and profitability. So ultimately, it comes down to where you sit in terms of how much time you're putting into your business and then how much profit you're generating. Now, if you're putting in heaps and heaps of time and you're not generating a good profit, then that's draining, it's pretty thankless, and you're not going to want to do it for very long. If you're putting in heaps of time and you are generating a profit, but it feels exhausting, I say that's a sweatshop. It's not really a good outcome either. You've got the money, but you're really tired. If you're putting in the time but you're not having to invest much time because the work's just not there and therefore there's no profit, then you haven't really got a business anyway. You might as well go back to freelancing or go and find a job. And do you want to do that? I don't want to do that. I want to stay in control of my destiny, of what I'm doing. What we're aiming for is the sweet spot. That spot of you're not over-investing your time. Of course, you've got to put some time in, but you're not over-investing your time, but you're generating a profit. That's the sweet spot, and that's what we're going for. Okay, so how do we address that time-profit equation? Well, the first thing to bear in mind is the more clients you have, the more work you have to put in. Now, in really simplistic terms, that's kind of how it's going to work. So in scenario one, you might have four clients. Each of them is going to take four hours to deliver their project. You're charging them, let's say, $200. That is not me saying that's how much you should charge or what that's what a project is worth or that's what your time is worth, just a number to demonstrate. So you've got four clients, each takes four hours, they're each going to pay you $200. So what ultimately you've got there is 16 hours of work for $800. But on top of that, four clients is going to be more client service time, more management, more emails to answer, more admin, more invoices to generate. So there's more, the more clients you have, there's, the, there's more creative work to be done, but there's also more non-profit generating work to be done. So ultimately, for me, what is a really great foundation for a more profitable business, it's a good place to start, is having fewer clients who are paying you more. Because ultimately, what that gives you is more spare time. And what does more spare time mean? Well, that's opportunity in your business. So let's say in scenario two, you go to having two clients. They still take four hours each, but they're paying you $400 each. And suddenly you've gone from 16 hours of your time to eight hours of your time for the same money. And what are you going to do with all of that spare time? Because there's time left over. That is where the magic is, because that's where, hey, you can have time to kick back. And having time in your creative business is so important. Having time to yourself to recharge creatively. I've been there. I felt burnt out creatively. Like I just can't sit down and do another creative project this week or today. So having time to yourself to recharge is really important. That's not a nice to have. That's a must have. That's part of doing business. The other thing is more time to invest in your marketing more time to plan, to think about where your business is going, look at what's working, what you want to keep, what you want to change. Put some good practices in place. 
So what are the systems, the automations, the processes that you're going to put in your business that are going to save you time, that are going to give your client a better experience, and that ultimately are going to impact your profitability? How are you going to grow your network? And also time for blue sky thinking. Time to think about, well, what new things do I want to offer in my business? What new skills do I want to learn? What do I want to change? What am I loving? If you started to look at the what ifs, what might your business look like? When you haven't got time to do that, that's where you start to get a bit tired and a bit over your business. Now, I'll just let you in on a little secret. At the start of this year, so a few months ago, I essentially took two months out of my business. And I just used that time to just think, to just sit with the business. What did I want it to be? Sometimes I didn't think about it for days on end, but then sometimes I had new ideas and I wanted to sit down and think about it, but I gave myself the space to do that. I'm not saying everybody should or would want to do that, but what I'm saying is having that time, that blue sky thinking time is really valuable and it's something that you should make for yourself. Okay, so if you have that time, what that does is create a really solid foundation for your business from which to scale in a way that honors you. So when it honors you, it's more sustainable because you don't get burnt out, you don't get sick of it, you don't lose your creative mojo. So when you have that time, you've carved out that space to think to have you time to do the marketing so you attract great clients, then it becomes more sustainable. And you'll love being in the business that you're in. It honors your client because it's more seamless. You've got great processes in place. You're loving it. You're bringing your best work to them. It honors your creativity because you're being intentional. Again, you've got time to think. You've got time to do your best work. You're not being sucked into as much admin or client service because you've got some great robust processes in there. And as creatives, that's what we want more than anything is to feel proud of the work that we create. And finally, it honors your coffers. What are your coffers? Your coffer is your treasure chest. And your treasure chest is where all that lovely profit goes. And we're not in this for the love of it or not completely. We're also in it to make money because you're making money because you've got a profitable business, because that's what you've created. So speaking of profit, how are we going to get all of this for you? What are those profit building strategies that are going to start to create a business that does all of that, that honors you, your clients, your creativity, and your coffers? Strategy number one is be intentional with your time. I use the example of the, the piñata, the poor piñata that gets pinned up at the party and everybody whacks the shit out of it and all of the sweets or the money or whatever the goodies are in it fall out. And the poor piñata at the end is just shoved over in the corner. No one cares about that piñata and what it's done for you. And that's exactly what it's like when you're not intentional with your time. You just let people keep whacking you, give me more, give me work for free, do this for me, can you just, and you're just giving, giving, giving with no return. You are not enjoying the party, the creative party. So the first thing I would say to you is know where your hours go. Don't overinvest. Don't give your time away for free. The other thing to bear in mind 
is not all work is good work. So we've all been there. We've had the client who our gut was kind of telling us it wasn't going to be a good fit for our services. Maybe they were going to be a slightly high maintenance client, hard to please. And ultimately, it didn't end up being a good experience for you or for the client. So bear in mind that you don't have to say yes to all work because sometimes a project isn't profitable. And very often, your gut will tell you that. And then the other thing is, be realistic about how long things take. I think we're often very tempted to sort of go, oh, six hours sounds a bit long. I I can probably do that in three hours. But it always ends up taking you eight hours. So you only charge for three. You're giving five away for free. So be realistic about how long things take. Strategy number two. Focus on the transformation. When you start focusing on the big, beautiful outcome that you create for your client, the thing they really desire, because they don't really desire a business card. They don't really desire a logo. They do need and want a logo. But what they want is the kudos that that will create for their business, the clients that will attract in their business, how that will make them feel about their business. That's what brilliant creativity does. And when you focus on that transformation, that's when you start to attract the right clients, the clients who are willing to pay you more, where you start to be able to charge for higher ticket services, which ultimately means you become more profitable. So think about in your business, not just about what you do, but what you do for your clients. What's the magic that you create? Strategy number three is all about you selling your strategy. So there's money in the method. Now, as creatives, I think that we've all got strategy in how we approach a creative project, but very often that's hidden. We don't talk about it. We kind of tuck it away. We kind of wrap it up in the design output, but we don't really talk about that strategic process that we went through. And we don't show the client the value that we're creating. But when you start to bring your strategic approach to the surface, to the fore, Again, there's money in that. There's profit in that. When you start to charge a specific stage, your strategy stage. For me, when I started to charge for strategy, I was charging for something I already did, but I was just giving it a name and I was giving it a number and I was giving it a value. So I was making money for something that I already did. I wasn't inventing it. I wasn't making up a new service. I was just charging for something that I'd always previously given away for free. That is pure profit. So when you start to think about what you do strategically and then you add it into your process and you charge for it, there's genuine profit in that. Make strategy a non-negotiable. And what I mean by that is clients will often try and chop strategy off. Oh, I don't need the thinking part. Can we just go straight to the output? You know, I'll give you all my research and I'll give you all my thinking. I know what my brand strategy is. Tell me what you need to know and I'll put I'll write that in an email for you. No, you don't want those clients. If you want to take a strategic approach in your business and you want to make money out of strategy and there's profit in strategy, then you make it a non-negotiable. 
And when you make it a non-negotiable, part of that is a mindset thing. That is about becoming a creative consultant, not just a creative producer. So instead of thinking of yourself as someone who just output stuff, does stuff, and the only thing that you can charge for, the only thing that has value is the widget, the thing, the physical thing that people can grasp, you approach your thinking as also having value, then that's a mindset shift. That's you stepping up to being a consultant. Strategy number four is increase your prices. Do it. I've increased my prices several times during the lifetime of my business. And I think the key thing here is don't just think about being remunerated for your time, your time as a unit of value. So my time is worth X number of dollars. Also think about what value you create in an hour of your time, because there's training and there's experience and there's a lot more that goes into that hour. That means that you can output certain value in that hour that you should also be charging for. This is not just about how quickly you can do something. This is about the result you create, which is how I approach things. I'm charging my clients for a strategic outcome that they get. Whether I do that in an hour, whether I do that in five minutes in the shower in the morning, because that's where I do my best thinking, that's not the point. I'm not just charging them for the time. I'm charging them for all of my expertise and all of my knowledge and all of my experience that means that I can get them to that result. So you might think of a project in hourly units, but make sure that that hourly rate compensates you not only for the physical time, but also for your knowledge and your experience and your training and everything you've invested in your your career. And you won't be for everyone. When you put up your prices, it's actually a good thing that people might start to say no. Because ultimately, as we talked about in the beginning, where you want to end up is with fewer clients who are paying you more. So if half of the clients say no, that's okay. Because you're still making the same amount of money, but you're investing less time. And you're particularly investing less time in all of those non-fee generating activities. So when you are not for everyone, when you get the no's, more than likely those no's are the people that didn't value in the first place. They didn't want to pay for what you're going to do. The people who see your value are going to want to pay for you, and they're the ones that you want to work with. So by increasing your prices, you're you're essentially sorting out the wheat from the chaff. You're getting rid of the tire kickers. So when it comes to putting up prices, think about what are you worried about? Are you worried that, oh, people are going to start saying, no, good, that's what you want? Are you worried that people can't afford you? Well, do you want the people that can't afford you that aren't going to value the transformation and the value that you create? Perhaps take a bit of time and sit down and think about what are the, those myths that you're creating in your mind that are stopping you from charging more for the amazing work that you do. Strategy number five is all about your network and who you collaborate with. So no creative business is an island. And if you just work in a silo for yourself, getting clients, producing creative work, it's lonely. It's not very inspiring. But more importantly, you're not creating a network of 
referrers, of people who will talk about you, who might share clients with you, for example. So if you've got a trusted network of like-minded people who have complementary businesses to you and you share clients and you talk about each other, then that's how you grow your business. One of the main ways that I have grown my business is through referral. Referral from clients, and we'll talk about that in a sec, but also referral about other complementary businesses that I know and work with, that I have relationships with, that I talk to in real life, that we go and have coffees together or that we connect with on Instagram. Having that network, that cheer squad is really, really important. And that's where there's a lot of magic to be had and to be found and a magic equals profit to be had in your business. So start thinking about how you're intentionally growing your network. Strategy number six is be the scope police. Don't let the scope run away from you in a project so you end up doing more for the same amount of money. Oh, can you just add this in? Oh, actually, I want to change that. Oh, I forgot to mention that in the brief. And now you're three weeks into the project and suddenly the client's adding in more work. Now, if you don't flag it right in that moment, then you've left it too late. When you're really clear on the scope of a project because you've been really thorough about what's included and what's excluded, then you can be really quick to just draw a line in the sand and go, okay, that's fine. I'm happy to deal with that additional request. But just so you know, there's going to be additional charge for that. This is what we agreed to. This is additional. And if a client says no to that, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. I won't do the additional work and you won't cop the additional cost. But if you just keep doing that extra work and letting the scope creep away from you, You can't suddenly then at the end, when you do the invoicing without having communicated to your client, you can't then go and hit them with extra cost, in my opinion, because I don't think that's good for the relationship and I don't think that's good for your reputation. So it's on you to be on top of the scope and be ready to flag it when things are running out of control. And part of that is about you taking partial responsibility for the brief. So if your client hasn't given you enough information, if things are a bit woolly around what their expectations are, take responsibility and dive into it and make sure you are really clear. Because good communication about that scope creep equals cash. If you're just really honest, really friendly, prompt with that communication, But nine times out of 10, a client's really happy to pay the extra. And if they're not happy to pay the extra, then they also appreciate that you flagged it and you drew the line in the sand. The final strategy, strategy number seven, this is where the big hug is, is leverage your existing clients. I'm sure you've heard it said, I've heard it said a million times, that it's much more profitable to continue working with an existing client than to go out and constantly have to find new clients. It's more time to go out there and market and find that client. There's more effort in converting them to a client. Whereas an existing client, they're already there. They already love you. They already want to work with you. So how are you going to leverage your existing clients? Well, the first thing is referral. My business has been built on referrals. I've grown far more 
500% more out of the referrals I've had from really happy clients than from any real or social media post that I could ever do in a lifetime. So A, think about how you create a brilliant experience for your client and brilliant transformational strategic outcomes that are going to make them want to refer you. And then be intentional about asking for those referrals. Because very often people think, oh, I won't refer Becky because she's probably really busy. She probably doesn't want me going and telling everyone about her and making her really busy when she can't cope with what she's got. So make sure your clients are really clear that you want referrals. In the offboarding, when you go and ask your clients for those testimonials and you hand everything over, make a discussion about referrals part of that. I love referrals. It's a really big part of my business. And if you do have people in your network that you think would benefit from working with me, please let me know. I would love to hear from them. Let your clients know. Ask for testimonials. There's great glowing testimonials video, brilliant written testimonial, even someone doing an Instagram live with you and talking about your work is better than anything else in getting others to trust you and know that you'll do a good job for them as well. And when you attract those great clients who really want to work with you and see the value in you, again, that's where profit sits. Think about new services that you could maybe offer to your existing clients. So you've worked with a client on a particular service and very often clients don't want to walk away. They kind of want to maintain that relationship with you. So think about other things that you might be able to offer them, perhaps other services that you don't do at the moment, but that would be quite a natural and obvious step for you. Maybe you want to upskill and start adding something extra to your suite of services. And also think about retainers. So maybe you've delivered a big branding project for a client or you've delivered their website, is there a retained service that you can now bolt on? Can you offer monthly maintenance or can you offer a design service where they pay monthly and then they get social media content or they get more brochures designed or more content designed? So think about if you can have some kind of regular ongoing income from an existing client who loves you and doesn't want to walk away from you. So this profit in existing clients. Think about all the ways that you can leverage that, that you can get greater value from them, but you can also give them more value by continuing to work with you. Before you run away, before you go, I just want to remind you, make sure you go and download the workbook and start to work through some of the prompts and some of the ways of thinking about these seven strategies and how you can apply them in your business. Just head over to beckhughes.com forward slash profit. There's a video as well to go with the workbook. So I'm just running through all of the principles that I've talked about today with some nice pretty pictures to go with it. And of course, you can download a PDF copy of the workbook. So you've listened to me and now it's time to go and do something and start to apply some of this. I would love to hear how you go. So make sure you jump into DMs or send me an email and let me know how you've used some of these strategies and if they've made a difference for you in your business. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com 
or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Beck Hughes Branding. Now, if you're a creative and you'd like to up your business game, check out how we can work together in one of two ways. My Creative Business Incubator course is a 12-week program that teaches the essential foundations to give you clients, creative space, and cash flow, so you love and stay in love with your business. If you're a freelancer ready to actually be free, or a solo creative, and you want to grow without compromising your creative mojo or sacrificing your sanity, this is for you. If one-on-one is more your style, my Creative Business Insider Coaching is for creatives who have been in business for a little while and now you're ready to start doing bigger and better. We work together to take back control of your creativity, your time and your finances so you can craft a business that serves you, not one that you're a slave to. And if you're a business owner with big brand ambitions, you can join me for bespoke brand strategy creation to give you the brand everyone else wishes they had. Head on over to my website for more info. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.